thrilled to talk to the GM of the Las Vegas Raiders, Dave Ziegler, kind enough to join us. Dave, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on the flagship. How are you? I'm doing outstanding today, JT. How are you? Couldn't be better. Thrilled for this opportunity. Before we get to football, tell me about you and your family personally. How's the transition been with a young family coming out here to Southern Nevada and you're making those adjustments? Yeah, you know, that's a, it's, um, that's a difficult part of this job is when you have to, um, you know, you, you get these opportunities and it comes with a lot of excitement, but, you know, it also comes with a lot of angst and and stress that often your family's, you know, left behind to deal with. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about getting out here and, and getting everything established. I'm actually going back this weekend to um, get everybody together and fly out Monday morning and, and make it official with the kids and with the wife. And so uh, my wife, Carissa, she's been, um, to say the least, has yeah. been carrying a heavy load with the move and all the different things that go along with that, um, you know, letting me focus on the things I have to do here. So, um, that's a blessing to have that support, but, um, you know, we're excited about it. Um, you know, it's a, Nevada is a beautiful place, beautiful weather, um, a lot of different things to do outdoors, a lot of good golf from what I hear. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a chance to do it. Um, but you know, we're really excited about that. Dave, isn't it amazing? You've been a football lifer when you came in as an executive, you started off with Denver before new England, and I'm sure you and your wife and friends in the past have been to Vegas, but could you ever imagine what you're seeing now, now that you're going to be a resident here to see the stadium, the strip, and all the areas outside, you know, 10, 15 miles away from yeah. Lake Mead to, you know, Red Rock and, and all the things you can do in this market? Yeah, it's really cool. And it, and it's cool just to see, like, even out here where the facility's at, right, in Henderson, you see all the development um, going on here and all the things that have been built from at least what people have told me, you know, just even in the last couple years, um, it, it's it's pretty cool to see. It's fun to be a part of an area that's growing. It's it's far. It's fun to be a part of a new market, um, you know, with a new NFL team and all the excitement that comes along with that. But um, yeah, it's um, you know, we're again, we're excited to be a part of it, and it's um, you know, we're excited to experience all that um, all that Nevada has to offer. Dave Ziegler's our guest, the GM of the Raiders. So it looked to me from a distance that you really had a bold task in front of you. On top of the family situation you just talk about, you get here, you have to evaluate the roster, but be ready to pounce if players become available, such as Chandler Jones, the Devontae deal. What was the first big step for you, Dave, looking at this roster, diving into film as mm-hmm. you're putting a coaching staff together with Josh McDaniels, knowing who you were going to keep and maybe who you were going to let go? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the most important process to, to roster building and um, is, is first understanding the, the value of the, the players on your team and, and not just the value of the, of the player, but how they fit into your specific system and how the roles all come together as you're building the roster. There's a lot of talented players out there that might not always fit into the role and the scheme that you're, you know, that you're specifically running. And so balancing on um, the coaching interviews and learning the team, you know, that was a, that was a big load, um, but it was, um, it was a good experience. There were some players on the team that I hadn't um, had a lot of experience getting to know before for whatever the reason had been. Um, and to watch some of those guys, you know, there's, um, there, there's a lot of young players here with some ascending traits, and, and then there's a lot of guys that obviously had been in the league um, that I had known about and, and kind of confirmed, uh, you know, what some of those fits were. And then there were some guys that didn't fit, you know, at the same time. Obviously, we've had a lot of turnover on this roster, and it's not to say that those players, um, you know, weren't talented in their own right. They're all NFL players. They're all skilled. 
but not everybody fits into every system. And so, um, you know, that was a really, that's a, that's a, um, it's a re- really important part of the beginning. But then at JT at the same time, um, it's an ongoing process, right? As we get to know these players more and, and get to see them and we kind of, you know, evolve over the next, um, you know, the next, you know, five months. And then you go into the season and you continue to evaluate the roster. You continue to evaluate the guys on your practice squad and you're, you know, you're constantly making sure that you have the right group um, that fits that fits what you want to do to win football games. Dave Ziegler's our guest. So knowing the cap and trying to get cap friendly as you're signing some of these massive deals and then taking a look at the players that you have to redo, uh, are you someone that loves that process? Do you love the film grind more and really looking at the player and how much they have left and the value of that player on top of getting tapped on the shoulder saying, hey, we have to make this money work if we're going to go after the players you really want here? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And obviously, you know, coming up, you're you're um, as a scout. You know, the the tape grind is um, is what you do, um, kind of day in and day out. And then, you know, now and now you get into these other these other roles and the the um, the the time to find tape, <laughs> the, the time to find um, to watch tape becomes um, um, it, it's not as frequent. So now it's like almost um, it's therapeutic when you get to sit back and spend some time watching tape. You know, rather than um, all the other aspects of the job, but um, to answer your question, you know, understanding the cap, understanding the salary component of it, and how it all fits together, and and I would say how one decision um, that you can make on a contract can impact different parts of the team. It could even impact something that we want to do in 2023. Um, it's it's um, it's something I'm still um, I've got I've gained experience doing it the last couple years in New England, mm-hmm. and um, I'm still learning in that area. Now we have some great people here like Tom Delaney, who um, works on our cap and contracts, and, and Dan Ventrelli, um, who's a team president, interim team president, and also um, you know works on the caps and contracts. And so we have some great people here from an experience standpoint that I'm able to bounce ideas off of, and I'm able to learn from. And, uh, you know, we, we've, we've um, developed a really good chemistry. And so that's a fun part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a more, you know, it can be a more frustrating part, right? Because you just want to, you just want to add, 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 and add, right? Just like we want to get online and, and shop and buy <laughs> and buy. And at some point, you know, there's, there's, there's limitations to that. And you have to um, be disciplined in that, in that way. And Dave Ziegler is our guest. So, Dave, as we just quickly go around some position groups, the Max Crosby extension and getting Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a big deal. You clearly see the value in Max and locking him up, but then Chandler Jones, someone you know very well, you put that deal together. So can you start with the defensive line and those two cornerstone players and how they make the defensive line much better? Yeah, um, well, and I would say first it starts with um, the per- both, of those pe- both of those players is just people, um, two very hard workers, um, two people that have a high passion for football and have a really high passion for their craft and are really, I would say, both of those guys are self-critical people that are always constantly looking at ways to get better. And so uh, I mentioned this in the past, um, JT, but when, you have, uh, when, when your best players are also your hardest workers, um, it's a really um, strong foundation to build a team off of. And both of those people, and they're just phenomenal guys too, and just in terms of the personality and how they interact with people on a day-to-day basis. So it starts with that. And then when you look at the players, um, you can categorize, categorize both of those players with one word, and that's, being, and that's disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys are disruptive players. Both of those guys 
um, on a week-to-week basis. The offensive team that we're going to play is going to have to have a plan for those guys. Uh, they can be disruptive in the run game. Um, they obviously have been disruptive as pass rushers. Um, and when there's two of them, um, you know, it's a, it, it makes it much difficult to, you know, slide protections and chip and, and, and have a plan for two guys that can come off the edge. Um, you know, it can be really, it can be a really challenging thing. I, I experienced a little bit of that when I was in, in Denver um, for some time when we had a young Von Miller and Elvis Doomerville. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And those guys, you know, they, um, you know, could, could be really disruptive off the edge. And so Max and Chandler um, have a three down skill set to do it. We're excited to have them. And um, like I said, they're, they're, um, when those disruptive pass rushers and just disruptive players, when they're up front, um, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, they, they provide great value to you defensively. Dave Ziegler's the GM of the Raiders. So with moving Yannick Ngakwe and getting Rocky Yassin, can you tell me about that? Because you get what looks to be a starter, a value guy. What did you yeah. see in Rock believing that you can pencil him in? He'll be a leader, a really good player, as you lose an edge rusher, but clearly Chandler Jones is an upgrade. Yeah, um, you know when we when we when you look at Rocky Sin, um, a very smart, intelligent, mature young man. That's another guy that's highly passionate about football. Um, you know, Rock was a high school wrestler, which is kind of unique for the corner position. I believe he was a state champion um, as a high school player. So he has a wiring wiriness and a toughness about him at the corner position. Um, he's long. He has good straight line speed. Um, he, he's kind of developed over time and I think has improved in terms of his kind of route recognition and anticipation at the top of routes to be able to match in man. Um, but he has some elements in, um, of being able to be a guy that's versatile and zone and man coverage, and he's still improving and he's still getting better. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we think that, you know, we think Rocks, he's going to have to compete for a spot like everybody, but I think he's, you know, he's shown the ability to, um, in Indianapolis to play out on the perimeter and be effective out there, and, and I think the best is um, yet to come still for Rock. And so, you know, getting a guy that's young, that likes to tackle, that likes to play physical and has some coverage versatility, uh, you know, those guys are those, those types of players we're going to be excited about. Dave, as we wrap it up on the offensive side, the big contracts of Derek I'll get to, but the offensive line's been a concern around here for quite sure. some time, not because of the players. The players are good, but their availability, the injuries, and then the Raiders having, before you got here, to count on the depth of backups to come in and play long periods of time, something that you have to get right to protect Derek and support this explosive offense, one of the best I've seen here in over two decades, and the Raider fans are excited about. So with the offensive line, your concerns, and what you can do with the draft coming up with undrafted players or potentially trades. Yeah, um, it's, it's really, you know, when, you're, when you talk about um, building a team, um, building the team, I'd say, inside out is, has always kind of been how I've been trained and, and, and been a priority uh, we think we have some, you know, some some good young pieces here. You know, obviously Colton's here, Andre James at center, John Simpson got some time last year at guard, and and, and it, to me is a young ascending player who, um, you know, has everything in front of him. And you know, obviously Leatherwood was drafted, and he was a talented guy out of Alabama, played a lot of snaps, and. Uh, you know, is, is another guy we can we think can continue to get better. And I won't go through all the players, mm-hmm. but just to answer your question more specifically, um, you know, building the depth and competition of the offensive line is going to be something we look to do every single year. Um, there's, you know, obviously there's five starters. 
Um, but you have to have guys that can kind of um, also back up at different spots and also have the, the versatility to play different positions. And we're always going to hammer away at the offensive line. Um, it doesn't, you know, you have different opportunities during the year, right? You have free agency, you have the draft. You, like you mentioned, you have college free agency. There's a preseason process. Um, there's a cut down. And I think, you know, we'll always be focused on, on adding all, players at all positions, but adding offensive linemen specifically. Um, you know, in free agency, we added a few guys. There were some other guys that um, we targeted that it just didn't, you know, it didn't work out necessarily based on where the market went. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a position that we're going to continue to look to add players um, for, you know, to mm-hmm. compete for jobs and to improve the depth of our team there. And Dave, finally, with Derek's contract, I heard the term when I was in the building yesterday, flexibility. Clearly, Derek was not or expected to get the money of Aaron Rodgers or other players above him with maybe more playoff wins and Super Bowl titles, but a handsome deal, which he's comfortable with. Can you just touch on the no-trade clause, the money, and the fact that it's flexible, as he said, to go forward and help you down the road secure some of the players that are here and get other players here under contract? Um, yeah. Well, I know there's a couple pieces to that question. I might, I might miss, a, miss a few, so you can feel, um, feel free to follow up. I would say, um, you know, another, I would say first starting with Derek, uh, and I've mentioned this, and this is a theme because it's an important theme for us as we um, build our roster. Another quality individual, quality man, loves football, loves to work at football, um, wants to consistently improve, uh, and those are the types of players, again, you want to build around. Um, you know, in terms of supplying the team with some flexibility and things like that relative to, uh, relative to the contract, I, you know, I think that shows, you know, speaks a lot about, um, you know, Derek's selflessness. Um, Derek's want to um, be able to continue to build a team, not just be, not have it necessarily all about him, um, but again, you know, as he mentioned, being a spot where he felt comfortable, but given the team flexibility to hopefully still be able to build around them, not just this year, but years to come. And, 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 and you know, we recognize that um, from Derek. We're appreciative of that. And, you know, it shows a lot of leadership, a lot of maturity, and just what, um, you know, what's important to, to Derek Carr. Um, so, you know, the, all those things are, are really important. Uh, you know, the no trade clause, I know you asked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was something that, um, you know, for, for Derek and his camp um, that they felt was important um, to, to getting into the deal, and we felt comfortable with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, the idea is to continue to build around Derek and, um, you know, have Derek Carr as our quarterback going forward and, um, you know, and, and, and win a lot of football games with Derek Carr. And so that was something that we were ultimately, um, ultimately comfortable with too. I don't know if I missed anything. No, you there. got it all. It was fantastic, Dave. Last one. You come from this su- such a successful organization and culture with Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick, and the way you learned under the Patriots. And everyone out here is talking about the Patriot way. Coming out west to the Raiders, you get to the Raiders and you see on the walls the greatness of the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The importance of these alumni. To Mark Davis, how do you take the success of the Patriots and bring it to the tradition, proud tradition of the Raiders, and make it mesh under your vision and what you want to do? Sure, I think for me, um, a lot of the a lot of the really important things that I was exposed to in New England um, that has been value yeah, valuable for me going forward is say a lot of the processes. 
um, you know, from a scouting standpoint, just how we run things, whether it's preseason scouting to free agency to, to draft prep, um, the high level of the, the high level of attention to detail um, that we're going to impart in our scouts on how we scout, um, how we look at the league, um, how we understand the league, the philosophies of different teams, the big picture thinking of how teams um, roster build, um, and things of that nature. And and then also, I think I think a little bit for me, um, what I've had to, the opportunity to, to really be exposed to is how you develop and grow your staff here internally. Um, and improve and just not be stagnant as an organization and be as stagnant as scouts. Um, I mentioned it in my pre- press conference, you know, one of the things that I took from Bill, um, you know, Bill was really focused on evaluating and, and improving um, all the different processes that we had in place on a year-to-year basis. And so, you know, for example, we had a local pro day here last Friday. Um, that was a really successful event. It was ran really well. Um, and it went well, and, the, and one of the first exercises after the local pro day um, was, okay, what went well, um, what didn't go well, um, and what are your suggestions to improve that next year? And that's a small, you know, that's a small one-day event, right? Um, but that's something that we're going to look at and, 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 and do and, and impart in all the different things that we do, and I think that's how you can, when you can evaluate and, and consistently evolve, I think that's how you um, grow into a championship organization. And so um, taking those processes, um, the tradition's already here. Um, There's been a lot of success here um, for a long time, a lot of great players that have played here. Obviously an iconic um, NFL um, man in Al Davis. Um, And so being able to take some of those processes that we think are really good and and mesh them with the, 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 the Raiders culture that's here and Um, And we're going to develop our own culture, right? Josh and I are going to to develop a culture here that um, obviously um, kind of intertwines with um, a lot of the things that are important to ownership here um, and the commitment to excellence. And we're going to be ourselves and uh, hopefully develop something that's really sustainable um, and that's consistent for a long time. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. Whatever we can do to help with your transition here in Southern Nevada, thank you for this. We look forward to talking to you often and and getting more from you, and the fans are really excited about what's happening and the opportunity to hear from you. No problem. JT, I'd I'd be remiss. Um, One, uh, it was a pleasure to – it's an honor, really, to have me on the show. You know, I've been a fan for a long time, um, going back to – um, you know, your sports, your sports show at night when I'm leaving um, the, the, the New England facility yes. at midnight and uh, I can turn on Sirius Radio and, and catch JT the Brick. I always enjoy that on my short ride home. And to be, uh, to be on with uh, one of the, I, I think it was the original Smack Off winner, yes. um, if I'm not mistaken. Today, today. In 19, 1995. Um, so I know, I know two of my buddies, um, John <laughs> Davis and Jim Hammond, are, are big yes. JT fans. We wanted to do it in person so I could get a picture with you because um, I know those guys are listening. Um, those guys are probably listening today, but um, a lot of my buddies, that we were big sports talk radio fans growing up, and we've been big fans of yours for a long time. So it was a cool experience getting on to talk to you today. Thank you. It's uh, very humbling for you to say that. 28 years ago, today I won the smack off. And my years on WEEI and the Sports Hub in Boston, where I was fortunate that you could hear me, the good, the yeah. bad, and the ugly, and everything that went on. Dave, I'm looking forward to seeing you a lot more. Thanks for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Awesome, JT. Have a great day.